What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Music Corner Race 08. I'm Nate. I'm here. And I'm Sebastian. <laughs> Today, we are back. Boys are back in town. Six albums. You know what it is. You know what we do. Let's get into it. Starting off with an artist I've actually never heard of prior to. Uh, I believe it's Trent Moeller and his album, Memoria. And I think it's only appropriate to have Trent go first on this one. So, I'll go ahead. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, guess what? Um, I didn't really like it. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, you know, as good as the name Trent is, doesn't mean that, you know, I'm like, oh, oh, wow. Wow. Um, it's funny because I actually don't, I, I don't even know what way I was trying to say it in my notes or like when I looked at it, but it was not Trent Moeller. <laughs> I mean, I could was, even be wrong, but it looks like it would be. I, Who knows? Yeah, now that you say it, I'm like, hey, yeah, it probably looks right. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe Trent A. Um, Moeller or some shit. Who knows? Trent Moeller. Trent. Like a, I don't know. Um, it's like a like a Swedish version of Don Tolliver. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it was uh, like as much as it was like the instrumentals were like cool and stuff. Um, the only songs I really liked were the ones with the vocals on it from uh, what the heck was his name, uh, Lisbeth Fritz. Uh, and like I don't know, it was just like, like all the it was weird and like. Which sometimes that can be good, but it really felt like it just dragged on, and that's what killed it for me. Was that it just dragged? And I was like, okay, when like I can tell the progression in each song because each song had the same structure. Um, almost every song there was a few that were different, but like it's like okay, we go like a slow, we start a slow beginning, get a little faster, go slow, go really fast go slow, and then end off you know on a medium type of note, and that was pretty much every song. So I was like, okay. That's kind of boring, but whatever. Um, it was a good mix of sound, though, which was nice. Um, overall, really kind of middle ground for me. It's a 5 out of 10. Um, if this guy, girl, whatever, I don't know who. Uh, um, guy. Yeah, the main one is the guy. Yeah. Um, you know, if they have some different stuff in the future, maybe I'll listen to it. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Depends. Because uh, this one was, yeah, was here. I get that, yeah. Um, going into this blinded, I had no clue what to expect at all. I've never heard of this artist before. So, and even like, you know, sometimes I'll look at an album or even like some of the Spotify uh, playlists that the artist might be like, you know, associated with. Um, and just kind of get an idea of it. And my guess was kind of going to be like some sort of industrial metal kind of thing, but it turns out, I mean, maybe there was a little bit of industrial thrown in there, but, like, it's kind of more of, like, on the, like, the shoegaze and electronic-y side of things. So I was like, oh, shit, okay, well, this might actually be good. And turns out, yeah, to me, it really wasn't bad. Uh, I mean, I had some songs here. I had quite a bit of songs here saved. Uh, some of my favorites included uh, Glow in the Gloaming, When the Sun Explodes, Dead or Alive, All Too Soon. Um, I really found myself enjoying more of the songs that were just instrumentals than the ones that had a vocal feature. Much like how I did last year with that Overwork album. Like, the features were good, but for some reason, without it, it just made the whole thing ten times better better and i believe that like you know that is the case with trent moeller here that like you know he's better as an instrumental or electronic solo no vocal kind of artist than uh anything so and yes there were definitely points that uh 
there were moments that dragged a little bit here, especially considering there was like multiple songs that were over five minutes long, you know, with the longest being like a six minute and 23 second song. But even then, uh, it was just, it was a nice listen. You know, I didn't hate anything I was hearing and I would definitely go back to this. I would definitely own this album. I would say too, uh, it's going to be a seven and a half for me. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's if you like that kind of music of like shoegaze, electronic y, whatever, this is definitely the album for you. So uh yeah, give it a listen for me. Uh go ahead, Sebastian. I will say I do not have too much to say about this album. Uh it is pretty good. Um I like I said, I've been getting a little bit more and more into this like ambient uh shoegazy type of music. I'm not really like too like far into it yet, but Hey, you know, I'm getting my feet wet. You know, I'm I'm about like probably like calf deep. You know, I'm not like fully submerged into it yet. But yeah, this uh this album has some pretty good atmosphere. Um, it's just really cool to listen to. This one was probably the only album I really like passively listened to because, you know, it's just a instrumental, like with a you know, a little bit of vocals thrown in here or there. Um but yeah, it's pretty good from where it's at. It just doesn't really like move too much in the dynamics or anything like that to really like give me that like wow factor uh like something like um mogwai or overwork last year did for me um i would say uh you know i do like a lot of the synths being used i know that's a very vague statement because most of it is but i mean hey whatever sounds they're using I think it sounds pretty good. Um, sorry to be so green about the subject, but hey, I like it. Seven out of ten. Definitely will come back. Hell yeah. All right. We'll move it along. We got an album here from uh, Dead American, their debut full-length album, New Nostalgia. Take it away, Sebastian. Okay, I, I did not know this was their first album. That was my bad not looking into that. But you know what? For a first album... Not bad. I will say, not nostalgic at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it's derivatively nostalgic. Like, oh man, you might think it's another band listening to this, but uh, no, it's uh, Dead American. Um, yeah, I will say the riffs were pretty tasty at points. Uh, Hollow Voices, I think, was probably my favorite cut on the album. I like the little scream sections there. But honestly, it just was very generic for me The like for the remainder of it. I didn't really get too much from it. Um, I guess, like, the tastiness of it was more like, you know, like a PB&J on, like, really plain, like, Wonder Bread. Like, yeah, you know, it gets the job done. Um but it's not as good as it could be you know it's it's just it's 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 a good little comfort thing uh if you like this kind of like music to like work out to i guess i mean hey go ahead it, i i it'll probably get you some pretty good uh iron pumping momentum i guess uh six out of ten pretty pretty okay pretty okay uh go ahead trent all right so this one uh I think this was really my favorite of the week. Um, it was, you know, like Sebastian said, uh, although, you know, it was pretty generic for a first album, it was definitely good. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, and I was, um, 
it, this, some some parts kind of threw me off uh, a little bit here and there, but um, overall, I enjoyed the album. It was good. The vocals really hit. Um, there were a few times where I was like, eh, but you know, the good outweighs the bad on those instrumentals. I loved over you know both uh, you know guitar, drums, bass, everything it was great. Um, the last song, probably my favorite song, Hook, Line, and Sinker. Uh, that one was really, really, a really good ending track. Um, and uh, yeah, for for first one, good job. Um, you know, there's a, there's always room to improve, even for the best in the business. So just do what you're doing and improve on that sound. Be good. Seven out of ten for me. Cool, cool. Yeah, um, I'm actually familiar with that American. I saw them open for. Originally, it was supposed to be for Of Mice and Men, but the the specific show, they had a drop-off because uh, the lead singer, Aaron, got sick. So the uh, second-to-last band, Hands Like Houses, ended up opening. So it was Dead American, The uh, Currents, who we reviewed in the past, and uh, Hands Like Houses, which I'm going to say that show was really fucking good. Like, honestly, even without Of Mice and Men, I was fairly impressed with like how both bands were able to just, like, carry the entire show without them so kudos to them and especially did american because they for not knowing them prior uh to the show they they had a lot of energy and i really appreciated that the guy was also pretty funny and not like in like the kind of like cringy like band performing sort of way like he genuinely was a funny guy i feel like there's moments where like bands try to be funny or at least the vocalist really does and it just kind of comes off a little weird it's like okay come on now you you're trying a little too hard but nevertheless i did uh enjoy what i heard live from them uh which was all basically from their uh aep the shape of punk is dumb which uh is a little spoof on the uh the shape of punk to uh like whatever that refused album is i think it's like the shape of punk to come yeah just the shape of punk to come uh so going into the full length, I was like, well, if I like the EP, I'm probably going to enjoy this, right? But unfortunately, this album was a bit underwhelming to me, uh, mainly just because I thought it would be a little bit more, like, in-your-face kind of thing, much like how the EP sort of was, but I don't, I don't know. It just kind of seemed like they were doing, like, a lighter version of Every Time I Die, uh, which... I mean, that's cool to have that kind of influence. I mean, you can totally tell, like, there's, like, some, you know, kind of southern rock influence within this, I guess you could call, post-hardcore album. But, I don't know. I just, I, I think it comes off a little bit bland for me. Um, I don't really remember anything that I heard off this album. Uh, instrumentally, was fine, per usual, you know, in any situation like this, uh with an album like this, rather. Uh, but that's, that's kind of it for me. You know, there's not really much else to say about it. Um, I can only hope that they will continue to improve their sound, maybe go back more to the roots of the EP from 2018, and just go from there. It was a 6 out of 10, but uh, it, this is the lowest one of the week, and it's still, like, you know, isn't the worst thing ever. So it's going to mean something, you know. But all right, moving along. We have the debut album another one from Alice Glass called Pray 4 or Pray IV, whatever you want to call it as. So Alice Glass is formerly the vocalist of the electronic group Crystal Castles, who were like this, I guess they're categorized as electropunk kind of thing and even Nintendo core. And that's because like some of their, you know, 
the, specifically from the debut album, which is just the self-titled, uh, had a lot of both electronic and punk elements to it, where, like, you know, she would be screaming on some songs, there'd be much more aggressive, noisier electronic parts to it, as well as more chill vibes as well throughout the album. And it was very cool and very diverse. I really, really enjoyed that album when I listened to it. Um, however, the group disbanded after the uh, electronic, or the instrumentalist Ethan Kath was accused of sexual assault and misconduct towards both uh, Alice and other women who ended up coming out uh, against him and basically ended that group back in 2017-2018. So now, a few years later, Alice Glass has finally released her full length uh, as a solo artist. And honestly, as a uh, you know, for her debut, after all she's been through and everything, I think she still got it. You know, I mean, it's really unfortunate, like what she went through, and she touches upon that, you know, throughout this entire album. Really, I mean, the whole themes of the album is you know about domestic violence and abuse. And I, if you read up on some of the lyrics, you could definitely like you know, kind of like feel the pain that she was going through. Uh, most likely referring to uh, Ethan's actions, but musically, on a musical standpoint, it is very solid. Uh, some songs I greatly enjoyed were Baby Teeth, The Hunted, Fair Game, Suffer and Swallow, and Animosity, just to name a few. Um, only complaints I have, really, uh, I guess like the beginning of the album was a little shaky, going from Prey and uh, Pinned Beneath Limbs. Uh, I kind of thought, like, she was going for, like... Because one thing I didn't mention about the Crystal Castles album uh, was that some of the screamed parts from her, or I guess more aggressive, whatever you want to call it, are a little, like... Uh, like a little shaky at times and like it kind of like gave me the vibe of that on uh, these first two songs on this album but I think once Love is Violence started that's when like it started to have more of a consistency and a good sound to me uh, and then just the remainder of the album was like pretty solid uh another thing too is that a lot of these songs are shorter which i would have kind of appreciated more longer songs but that's just a little nitpick i guess you could say uh but overall i mean this is actually like you know a really good album uh i think she did a fairly good job too now going solo and yeah i look forward to what else she puts out in the future this is an eight out of ten for me take it away sebastian uh yeah, it's this is a very very cool album. I was really not expecting it to go this hard. Um, you know, it does convey some very dark imagery with its lyrics. I mean, the lyric in uh baby teeth, I'll use your teeth for my crown, but I don't need it and feel your face when it rips. Like it's got some pretty good lyrics to kind of display this uh burning just grotesque anger coming out of her and uh the abrasive beats really really help with it uh honestly not even just the abrasiveness on the beats but on her vocals as well uh for most of the album are like pretty damn cool um kind of gave me some like poppy vibes i guess you know like the new flux album just like the super graininess of it uh, if that's even a word, but yeah, I just, I really like it, man. Uh, it's just, it's such a like dark album and I feel like it navigates it very well and tastefully without it being 
like too much, I guess. And I'm not saying like to invalidate what happened to her because what happened to her is awful. But, you know, in general, I'm just glad it was not like too much to where it's like just hard to listen to and critique because I I was afraid because I've heard some things going into it. And I'm like, I hope I don't hate this because I'm going to sound like a real asshole, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and um. Yeah, I'm glad I I'm glad it turned out as good as it did. Like even taking away the source material, the album just goes really fucking hard. Um yeah, I don't really have a lot to say specifics wise. Uh I mean, Nate encapsulated a lot of what I had to say very well and yeah, honestly, this is just a very very good first album. Um honestly looking forward to uh, more work from Alice here. 8.5 out of 10. Awesome. Uh, go ahead, Trent. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, not knowing about what the album's about and then going into it. <laughs> Woo! Uh, I didn't like what you say, motherfucker. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. I didn't like it that much. Uh, I gave it a 5 out of 10. Um, overall, like... Was it a good album? Yes. However, the fucking the sounds and the vocals after a while got so grating, and I just I could barely fucking listen to it. Um. So, you know, apologies, I guess, for not liking it. But I mean, to be um, fair, like it sounds like from you, it was just like a musical standpoint. You're not talking about the lyrics. Yeah. So, like, like, I, 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 get it. I know. Well, here's I couldn't fucking understand the lyrics. I don't know what the hell is going on. I was just like, oh my god, like this is. Oh, it was one of those albums that, like, it was on the point of, like, a little bit headache, but, like, you know, I still still listened to it, and I still was just like, wow, that was uh, most definitely an album. Um, but, yeah, the, the the lyrical content, obviously, that that's one of those things that it, it's, it's hard, very hard to touch upon that. Um, but, you know, the fact that she can talk about it and make music about it, you know, it's... It's just, it's an appreciation of sorts, uh, so that to that she's able to put it out there, you know, and and not, you know, have her um, uh, be held back by it, you know. She can still keep pushing her forward, which is, you know, it's a strong thing. It's 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 good. So, you know, I don't really like the album, but her as a person, I appreciate. <laughs> Absolutely, I totally get it. Uh, but all right, there you have it. That's the first half down. Got another half to go before we get there. Let's have a word from our sponsor. And we are back. All right, time for the new album here from Bad Omens, The Death of Peace of Mind. Bad Omens is a metalcore band who I've been following since their debut album, the self-titled album, which, oh man, I believe that came out in like, what, was it 2016? Yeah, it was 2016 that album came out. Holy shit. Been, <laughs> damn, it's been actually six years since that album came out. That's crazy. Or it will be. Um, see, that was like a great debut album. Um, the one big thing, though, that uh, a lot of people even noticed right out of the gate with this band is very, very big uh, Bring Me the Horizon-esque sound. In fact, I think every album, including this new one, is in one way or another influenced by Bring Me the Horizon. You might as well call this Bring Me the Horizon Core at this point. Um, 
and like I said, the debut album was really solid. It's probably their best album still to date. Um, definitely worth checking out. Then their follow-up album, Finding God Before God Finds Me, it, it kind of saw them taking like a little bit of a slowed-down direction and more of a uh, radio rock approach, it seemed like, with some songs such as uh, Careful What You Wish For and Hell I Overcame being just like a couple songs that could totally have been uh, made in it could have made it on the radio. Um, I didn't really care for that album that much, it, it, mainly because of just, like, how slowed down that they did for that one, uh, if I recall correctly. But they do have their heaviest song to date on the album, The Throne, which if you haven't heard that one, oh, it is heavy. It's a really good song. It's almost like an outlier on that album specifically, too. So if you don't care to check out the album, at least check out that song for sure. But the death of peace of mind going into this one, I mean, the singles leading up to it, too, were like pretty fucking cool uh, with both the title track and uh, artificial suicide being a couple songs that had already been released prior to this album. I, I enjoyed it. I liked, you know, kind of like the build up that was present on the death of peace of mind leading to like, you know, the heavy breakdown moment. And then just like the rawness of artificial suicide was like, you know. It kind of made me a little excited for this album, uh, despite, you know, not really caring for the last album. But I still went into this with, like, low expectations, just in case, because, you know, those there's those moments where it's like, hey, the singles are great, the rest of the album sucks ass. But, uh, to my both surprise and, you know, just, like, wildest expectations in general, this album was pretty solid. Uh, easily the second best album from them so far. I mean... It's only their third album, but, like, you know, the opening track, Concrete Jungle, really, like, set the pace of this album, you know, uh, as well as the next song, Nowhere to Go. Um, really consistent with that post-hardcore metalcore sound with those electronic influences that a lot of bands in the scene are, you know, still doing today, which isn't a bad thing. It just, of course, gets repetitive after a while. Uh, there were definitely some songs, though, that were a little too slow, such as uh, Bad Decisions, to name one, that was, like probably, like, the slowest song on the album. Um, at least one that, like, I didn't care for. It was both that one and uh, Who Are You that I really was just like, eh, you know, it's fine. But there were also still some other slower songs that I was like, okay, like, this was actually, like, pretty solid. Like, I want to say... I think it was, like, somebody else. One of them I know had, like, that, like, a really big electronic influence. Like, I think the whole song might have been, like, electronic, but it was cool. It was really cool, and, it, like, it worked with the album, for sure. Um, and, yeah, some other songs I enjoyed as well, other than the ones I mentioned. Uh, the Grey, Like a Villain, uh, IDWTS, which is, uh, I believe it's, uh, I Don't Want the Money, is what they were saying in the song. Um, but yeah, this is a good album. I'm really excited to see uh, what they do live, you know, or we'll rather hear this album live uh, and see them continue to grow. They are over a million listeners now on Spotify, well over a million now. So and it makes sense too, considering like when I saw them at incarceration, they were on the main stage. So like if you're on the main stage of a festival like that, like obviously your name's getting out there, you know, that's for sure. But yeah, overall, eight out of ten. Really pleased with what this album came out to be. Go ahead, Trent. Funny thing is, uh in my notes I wrote I was like, Yeah, it kinda sounds like Bring Me the Horizon a little bit. <laughs> 
ass. Like, dead ass. It is <clears throat> so copied of Bring Me the Horizon almost, especially, like, their early sounds, because, like, the earlier songs could have been, like, almost any song off of Sempaternal or That's the Spirit. Like, they're just <laughs> hugely influenced. It's crazy. That's funny. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It was, uh, overall, it wasn't too bad. This is my first Bad Omens listen. Um, I think I've heard of them before, but never delved deep uh, or delved at all. Um, overall, this album, uh, I gave it a 6 out of 10. Um, didn't really, like, it didn't hit the way that I wanted to, because uh, I know like they obviously have a lot of. I've heard their name many times before, and a lot of people talk about them. Um, and I was just like, yeah, this it's not really my thing. Um, you know, even like Bring Me the Horizon that much. Like I know a few things by them, but not not all the time is it, like my thing. So, um, yeah, there were you know some of the some of the vocals I liked. Um, the heavier moments, I mean, they were they were good, um, but like you were saying, the slower moments were very slow, and it was like, okay, when we we moving on, what's going on here? Um, but the first few songs of the album were were pretty good. Um, I think is like uh, after like death of peace of mind, like when it went to like the little uh, what it cost, um, like the little like two minute thing, and then like after that, I was like, eh, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the first few songs were those ones, great openers. So uh, overall, six out of ten. Good shit, Sebastian. Take it away. I will start off by saying I did like the heavier sections. Um, they were they ha- he has a pretty good screaming voice. I will give him that, and his vocal range is pretty well suited. Uh, I didn't really notice any issues vocally that were too big or anything, but. From there, it's man, I I was never a big fan of Bring Me the Horizon to begin with. Um, I I just really don't like the overprocessed sound of it. You know, uh, there's just a point where it just doesn't feel that uh spectacular. You know, when you just overprocess the hell out of everything and just taking out all the nuance and making it just sound so like just beat for beat it just i don't know it just takes all the humanity out of it i guess is what i'm trying to say uh some of the breakdowns i felt like didn't really blend too well with the songs um i didn't really like putting specific examples my bad there uh but i will say it was just pretty dry um and just even when they would happen they would also just sound the same per one it just really didn't give me any like like oh shit this breakdown was pretty cool or this other you know this other part was pretty sick it's just when a breakdown happened it was there and it sounded the same as the last one before it um not a lot of dynamic contrast i would say i i guess like slow but i mean slow to fast but i that's not really like dynamic it's just more of like speed it's just, I don't know. And then the lyrics, a little bit sceney shit. I never really, like I said, if I don't like Bring Me the Horizon, so I'm probably not going to like a copycat band of them as well, unless they really do something different. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I felt like this album also is just a little bit too long with like not much going on. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just, maybe I was just a little bit burnt out by this part of the week or something, but it's not a horrible album. You know, if you like this music, you'll like it. 
I I just feel like it just doesn't do enough for me to say like, oh my God, this is amazing because I've heard like 20 other albums that sound exactly like this one. So honestly, for a third album, I think the band just sounds strong. You know, uh, they're probably a great live act too from what Nate's saying. And I mean, hey, you know, it's God's fans. I'm just not going to be one of them. Five out of 10. Understandable. All right. Well, Let's move away into the more pop realm of things with the new FKA Twigs mixtape, Capper Songs. Take it away, Sebastian. This is a really good album. Uh, I really like the softness of her voice. I will say, though, the mixing on some of her like more soprano-y notes are a little bit too airy. For me, and I don't think it's her because the pitches are there, like the power is there. It's just I don't I don't know, man. Like they don't they don't give it a lot of boost in the mix. And um, but that just kind of goes like here and there. That's not really like a big part of the album. If it was, I would definitely, you know, not like it as much as I did. Uh one song I really, <laughs> I really, really fucked with was Honda. Um, the drill beats in that shit was just, it was cranking, man. It was so fucking good. Uh, and then from there on, uh, I really liked the like heavy and boisterous percussion and like meta angel as well. Like it just bitch slaps you with just some great drum loops. I, I was so just pleased with that. Loved it. Uh, even like with some of the more like auto tuned kind of like Doja Cat sounding parts, you know, I was expecting it to kind of go into like a Doja copy for a second, but then I, it just really had like a nice warmth to it. It just wasn't like too inhuman to where I was like disassociated from it or anything like that. I felt like it really just added to the music, and that's what I like. Uh, when using autotune is when you can still add a bit of humanity to it. Um, and then, <laughs> man, why does the weekend always gotta be sad at the club? He needs to like hang out with 50 cent or something, man. Get that bitch in there with some like, with some drinks or something, dude. He, homie is just so sad at the club all the time. I know that's not a new opinion. It's just something I just always think about. Um, from there, I really like Pample Mouse. Uh, sorry, I'm just naming a bunch of tracks. I just really fucked with a lot of them on this album. Uh, I just like the hyperness of it, and it just goes into like some like crazy like sporadic sounds that are just awesome. Um, yeah, it's a pretty straightforward just uh just pop album that just does what it does very well. Um, this is a first album. From me uh, listening to FKA Twigs, I know uh, Twigs was in something else before where it was just Twigs, and now it's FKA. I don't really know the story behind it, uh, I, but I will say, for this being the first uh, album under FKA Twigs, I believe, or I, I could be wrong on that, but... I was going to say, no, she's, really she's had like other albums before that, <laughs> definitely, under that. No, I, I... Oh, under uh, FKA Twigs? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was my bad. I thought they, like, <laughs> broke off, like, just recently because I heard about that and, like, a thing. Um, But, yeah, I mean, for going in blindly to this, I was very happy with it. 8 out of 10. Uh, would love to hear again. Good shit. Take it away, Trent. 
So everybody knows what they came for, right? Uh, to hear my take on this album. Um, oh boy. The only part that I liked was um, The weekend. Um, <laughs> uh, he always is a great feature. Uh, even if I hate the fucking album, he is just, he's going to brighten that part up that he's on. That's about it. Uh, and that is exactly what we have here. Um, I couldn't stand this album. Uh, it was, oh man, for one bit, it's a bit long for me uh, in, the, in, in the rap side of things and this type of like pop-ish. Um, her voice really couldn't stand the instrumentals and like the, uh, you know, the, your usual like poppy stuff like that, like in the background and stuff. Uh, uh, like Sebastian, I talked about like those ones I didn't mind. So it brought it up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, overall can't stand it. Um, I probably will not be coming back to this album, uh, ever. Um, yeah, <laughs> as Nate, said before i really just hate the brits <laughs> i think it was sebastian actually oh the sebastian yeah, fuck sebastian. i gotta remember which one you're good uh, one of y'all said something about me hating the british people <laughs> and i was like ah. <laughs> yeah i don't know what it is i just like because oh who was the one last year oh my god oh uh little sims was it yeah it was little sims oh man Whoop. <laughs> that one was that was a doozy um, and that, yeah, that's kind of what it reminded me of a little bit. Cause like there were some parts that I didn't mind and some parts that I just, I couldn't fucking stand. And that was, this is exactly what it is. Uh, even looking at the album cover, I was like, oh boy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into some shit with this, aren't I? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a three out of 10 for me. Um, Yeah. Good shit. Yeah. Um. So this one, I was actually kind of not fully looking forward to, but like interested in because uh, FKA Tweaks is like other albums are definitely more, way more on like the artsy side of things. I believe the first album I heard of hers was uh, Magdalene, which was a decent album, but I remember there were moments on there that were a bit slow and a little too artsy for my likings. Um, and eventually I got around to her first album, LP1, which I did enjoy actually quite a bit, which is very weird, but I guess there was more of a, um, I guess, electronic, more so of an electronic element that I appreciated more i guess you could say with that one but what's just so funny is that both of these albums seem vastly different than what this mixtape is here because this mixtape while it does have like artsy pop elements feels more like a i don't i guess you could say like a mainstream commercial kind of album that like you know would be making like the billboards consistently you know what i mean but I I enjoyed this album quite a bit. Uh, from like the opening track, "Ride the Dragon," like I I was like, okay, like you can already tell that like this is going into a completely different direction that I never thought that she would kind of like go in. I thought she would get even more artsy with her music, but she kind of slows it down on this one. Uh, "Tears in the Club," the weekend song, 
top notch. Cannot go wrong with that one at all. Uh, I also enjoyed ones like uh, which ones were they? Oh, oh my love, Poppy Bones, Which Way, Jealousy, and uh, Careless, just to name a few. Uh, but yeah, overall, not much else to say about it. It was a solid listen. Um, I kind of hope she does for next full length, like something along the lines of this again, or like maybe mixing more of that artsy stuff and like you know, combining the two elements there, uh, that would be pretty cool as well, but, hey, right now, I'd say what she's doing is great, and this is an 8 out of 10 for me, but alright, on to our final album of the day, we have the new one from Mitski here, titled The Laurel Hell, take it away, Trent. So this one, um, I actually liked, (laughs) um, it was different, uh, but in a good way. Um, I guess, I, what even, what type of genre is she even? She's like, I don't even know. Because like, this one is a little bit different than her last releases, but like people, okay. cons- they've considered her indie, they've considered her like folk at times. Like She kind of does it all, it seems like. This one was definitely more on the synth side, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's why I liked it. Like, I think this type of um, pop like stuff is like the stuff that I really like Um, because I mean, most of the most of the tracks differed from each other, which was very, very good. Um, She's got a beautiful voice. Uh, I'm going to say that first. Her voice is fucking beautiful. Um, And I'm glad that she can, you know, project it, use it, you know, to her advantage. Um, The instrumentals. Well, some parts were slower. Some parts were, you know, a bit more uh, upbeat. Uh, it didn't matter. I, I had fun with this album, um, which I didn't have with the last album. Um, but, yeah, I overall, give it a 7 out of 10. It's, it's a Music Corner 7 for me. Uh, I would love to hear more. I might go back and listen to some other stuff because I'm seeing right here she's got some uh, other albums. I was going to say, yeah, yeah like uh, her Be the Cowboy album from 2018 is like, really popular in like the underground scene like that's kind of like what blew her up really like she gave yeah that's the one i was looking at. yeah she gained critical acclaim from it i remember i listened mm-hmm. to it and like i i thought it was good but like i like okay really but i think i should go back after listening to this one for sure because yeah. this one this one was pretty solid honestly so i haven't listened to much of her obviously other than be the cowboy but I really enjoyed the synth direction that she went in as well. Um, it was like obviously '80s inspired, uh, which I think she did a fairly good job with that. You know, I mean, like, sure, it sounds like you know everybody else who's doing the '80s synth insp- uh, influences and inspiration, but no, there's something about her that like has like a really nice appeal to it, which is shocking to me that like. Well, the one thing that's shocking to me, I should say, is that not a lot of people really did dig this album that much. Like, some consider it, like, I wouldn't say her worst, but, like, far from, like, her best one. And I'm kind of, like, scratching my head at that, because I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, it's not the greatest thing ever. It's sure repetitive, uh, but she executes it very well, you know, for for what this is. This is, like pretty impressive you know uh and and half an hour long roughly it's like if she's accomplishing this much then it's it's great um i don't remember the song i want to say it was uh should have been me because it's the only one i didn't have saved here but it could totally have been another one but there was a moment on there where like 
I, I don't remember if it was like a xylophone or something that was in the background, but it was like repeated throughout the song. You just hear like a ding, 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 like I, it might have even been the piano. I don't even I don't know. But like that moment, I remember was like one of the biggest dislikes I had for this album, just because it just felt out of place for that specifically. Um, and yeah, it, just, it was just kind of one I was like, all right, well, this is annoying. But other than that, there's nothing really bad I have to say about this album. I mean, I had almost every single song saved on here. Uh, some big notable ones, though, would be Working for the Knife, uh, Stay Soft, The Only Heartbreaker, and uh, I Guess. But yeah, this is a good album. It's an 8 out of 10 for me as well. And definitely going to look more into her other stuff, too. Not only just Be the Cowboy again, but her other albums as well. She actually has, like, like four other ones which is pretty impressive how long she's actually been in the scene like good for her for like starting to get even more recognition recognition that she deserves uh but yeah sebastian take it away so surprise surprise i'm actually quite i I wouldn't say well versed but i do have a little bit of background on mitski because my mom and sister both like her a lot I could see, I could see, definitely see your mom liking her. Like, I feel like that's definitely like right up her alley. Right, and I like, I, I remember I was just listening to it today just to get a refresher, and my mom was like, "Oh, is this Mitski?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's her new album." And she's like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna go listen to it now." I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, I did not know. And then like we we're talking about it for a while, and then I also listened just today alone. I listened to uh, Laurel Hell, this one, uh, Be the Cowboy, and then Lush as well. I just wanted to get like kind of like a feel i got her first and then i got her quote-unquote best and then this one as well um i will say my favorite one so far is be the cowboy uh i really like it um i won't go too much into that because that's not the album we're talking about today but this album is pretty good uh it's not as like dynamically uh well versed as be the cowboy or any of the other ones but honestly it does it very well there's a thing about like an artist releasing very successful albums you know it's either they go like big and bombastic and then they make something like pretty weird and crazy and then people are like what the hell is going on or they do something like just normal just because they don't really have like the same uh creative juices flowing as they did for the big album and people are like oh now they're falling off and then you have like everything else where it's just like okay that's there you know and that's kind of how i feel about this one like i don't feel like she's like really uh falling off in sound i just feel like you know this album just is pretty smooth it doesn't want to go as crazy as other ones and i think it does its job very well uh it's smooth uh it's short and sweet um gets right to the point uh i honestly really like some of the tracks like love me more and working for the knife i really like those ones quite a bit i would say those ones are probably my two favorites on the album and yeah it's pretty good honestly a Really good way to cap off the week for me, especially because I listened to a lot of Mitski today. So I, I am just going through a deep dive, and I I don't know when it's gonna stop. So seven out of ten. Good shit. All right. Well, that's been the week. Before we go though, album recommendations. 
Um, Trent, go ahead first today. Uh, so, um, if anybody knows, uh, I love, uh, I'm a, I'm a big Destiny player, uh, and with the release, uh, of this week, uh, on Tuesday of Destiny 2's The Witch Queen, uh, the latest DLC, uh, I'm gonna say the, the Witch Queen original soundtrack, um, because it is a banger. Uh, the campaign, beautiful. The music that goes along with it, fucking amazing, uh, fucking brilliant. The composers and everybody who's worked on The Witch Queen, you did a fucking amazing job. Uh, absolutely love it. Um, I think um, some of the people from the creative team of Resident Evil actually worked on this game, uh, this DLC, which was really cool. Uh, but the soundtrack fits very well with it. And um, yeah, I think the, the title track there the the title screen music i don't remember what the song is actually called because i don't think the official soundtrack has been released yet um but um it's it's the in-game music is amazing um and uh yeah it's fucking eerie as shit as well uh so that is mine destiny 2 which quaint original soundtrack nice I have today a post-rock band called Godspeed You, Black Emperor, and their album F-Sharp, A-Sharp, Infinity. Uh, holy shit. This album seems like it's not at all the kind of album that I would say is, like, you know, God-tier almost. But, like, listen to this album. It's, it's like a 9 out of 10 for me. Like, this album was shockingly good, and I think the biggest influence of that has to do with the song East Hastlings. Um, excuse me, East Hastings, which was partially used in the film 28 Days Later. Um, if you're familiar with the film, it is actually the uh, song that plays when, uh, the main character, his name is escaping me at the moment, but he just left the hospital and he's kind of just like walking the streets of London, just like seeing that it's completely abandoned, uh, almost desolate, you would say. Uh, and that intense music that's kind of like playing is actually them, Godspeed You, Black Emperor, uh, that song specifically. Except it is just uh, condensedly edited down. Uh, I think it has something to do with like the rights or whatever, with like, you know. You know, they couldn't buy the whole rights for it. I mean, hence why that the song is actually not featured on the soundtrack. But it's a really intense, like, kind of build-up song, too, as it starts off, like, really slow and everything. Very kind of, like, like, like a somber mood, I guess you could say. And then, like, kind of, like, just the build-up is, like, kind of kind of gets, like, goosebumps going for me. And it's, like, it just feels, like, really intense. Or it's just, like, a whole, like, holy shit kind of thing, you know? Um... And the album itself, too, has a very, like, apocalyptic, rather post-apocalyptic vibe to it, even just by looking at the uh, album cover for at least the CD version, uh, just, like, black and white with, like, you know, kind of like the signs, like, the very faint road signs that are apparent. Um, it's very cool. It's a very good album. Uh, lots of cool instrumentation as well. Not only, like, do we have, like, your typical guitar bass and drums but like you got some violin in there you got a little banjo you got a little cello a little french horn i believe there was a sample used of bagpipes as well it's it's very cool it's a very interesting album if you like post rock and you have some time too because this is a long album this is three songs at a total of like an hour and three minutes but i trust me when i say like this album is worth the listen and 
if you're really into it, you're not even going to notice. You're going to be like, oh, shit, time just fucking flew by after this one. Goddamn. Uh, so, yeah, that is F-sharp, A-sharp, Infinity by Godspeed, you, Black Emperor. Go ahead, Sebastian. So, this week, uh, I'm sorry. I know it's a band I have talked about far too much. Or, honestly, if you haven't listened to this podcast a lot, far too little um <laughs> and that album is nanagon infinity by king gizzard and the lizard wizard see king gizzard and the lizard wizards is kind of like the new age melvins just a, a, a shit post of a band but they make some good shit posts and this one i think is honestly one of my favorites because this album is a loop this whole entire album flows into itself every single song you have you listen to it in order front to back and it's an endless loop it doesn't like hard stop at the end it just goes right back into the beginning and it's just infinity like the album says and it's awesome honestly uh it is very hard to listen to this thing uh in like short doses you just kind of gotta do it all at once and um yeah, that's honestly, if you can figure out where the end is and, <laughs> and where the start is, so that way you don't accidentally loop yourself for, like, eight hours. Um, yeah, this thing is fucking great. I, I'm i starting to go with a lot more deep cuts in this band, and I, yeah, honestly, I just it's pretty cool that these guys just do such crazy concepts for this album and others as well. Yeah, this thing is just pretty sick. Uh, if you just like stupidly just like pretentious kind of music like I do, just check this out. Uh, I mean, honestly, what are you going to do? Waste 40 minutes to eight hours of your time? Yeah, I mean, hey, man. Better than nothing, I guess. <laughs> I was yeah, say it's, it's a possibility, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Possibilities are endless, quite literally. <laughs> you know what's cool, though, and I didn't mention about that uh, Godspeed You album, is that the vinyl for that one specifically has a literal actual loop where uh as i was reading up about it apparently um the lot there's a locked groove on the final track of it because for some reason the cd and the vinyl version are completely different but because of that locked groove the vinyl will technically run forever and you don't need to end it. Like, it'll just keep playing over and over. And I'm very interested to, like, hear what this sounds like on vinyl. Like, I'm kind of, like, that's, like, my new, like, you know, holy grail, I guess you could say, hard quote-unquote. But, like, I just want to know what this sounds like, you know, and, like, actually, like, physically have that with me because that'd be kind of cool, you know. I'm sure I'd get sick of it after a little bit, but it's, like, that idea is, you know, it's interesting. So that whole King Gizzard thing, like, yeah, really reminded me of that. So it's pretty cool to have uh, albums like that, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for today. Trent, Sebastian, as always, thank you for joining. Yeah. E we will see you guys in the next episode. This has been a Music Corner with 808, and we are signing off.